Welcome to The Water Tower, a podcast that's a sort of spiritual reservoir or backup plan for anyone who might just need a little extra encouragement to make it through the week. I'm your host, Lee Younger from Christ Community Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. And if you stick with us all the way to the end, you'll hear a full list of credits, including ways to contact us. For now, enjoy episode 61 called Look at the Birds by Thomas Cox. Brightness of my 
This is from Matthew 6, starting in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Pray with me. Lord, your words are so simple. (laughs) They're so clear that, and so simple that I think that it's easy for us sometimes to say, um, it can't be that easy. It can't be that clean. Um, life's more complicated than that. My problems are more, uh, deeply rooted than that, more difficult than that. And yet you didn't mince words about this at all. You didn't set it up. Um, you didn't give any caveats or disclaimers. You just said, you said it that simply. Look at the birds. Your father takes care of them. And you are more important to him than they are. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Would you give us the clarity and the courage to take you at your word? As we continue to think about you in song, as we hear a word, would you make this simple and plain in our mind and our hearts? Thanks for giving us promises that you're going to take care of us. Help us to trust you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Maker of stars
common occurrence in our house for my wife Maddie to walk into a room and find my face pressed up against a window, seemingly lost in wherever my mind is. It's undeniably strange to witness. It's common for us to be mid-conversation at the dinner table or watching a movie when all of a sudden my eyes dart to the window. Frequently we'll be on a drive, on a walk, on a run, anywhere in the world honestly when my eyes will dart to the sky and say, did you see that? followed by the name of some bird most people in the world care nothing about. Birds. I just really like them. And to be completely honest, I don't have a really good reason why. Not that they're cool or anything. I mean, their colors are pretty and so are their songs. They get to fly everywhere. Some of them can fly faster than a NASCAR can drive at its top speed. Some can dive underwater and catch fish. Some beat their wings at 50 times a second. Some can drill holes in wood with their beak and not get a concussion. Some have excellent night vision. Some can speak actual human language. Some can deliver mail. Some can be trained to retrieve shiny objects. Some can run as fast as I'm allowed to drive in the highway in my hometown. Okay, so maybe, maybe they are cool. Okay, so my favorite bird is one that technically lives around here in East Tennessee, but I've only ever seen two in the entirety of my life, ever. I wouldn't call them rare, but they're typically at the tops of trees and they just don't show up a ton at feeders. Anyways, they're called summer tanagers. And if you Googled it right now, you'd probably say, oh cool, kind of looks like a cardinal and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's red, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not just red. It's like red, they're red like a red that doesn't belong in nature. I can't explain it better than that. Just like super duper red. You just need to see one and have your mind blown when you do. But they're one of the coolest hunters around. They're known to catch bees and wasps out of the air, somehow avoiding getting stung. Once they catch one, they'll take it to a nearby tree branch where they'll beat it to death. Once again, avoiding the stinger. After they kill it, they'll scrape it against a tree branch to remove the stinger and then they'll enjoy the tasty meal. Whoa, how amazing is that? That is so cool. Some birds are absolute terrors though. Have you ever heard of a secretary bird? There are species in Africa that have been known to stomp snakes to death. It's terrifying and so cool. Here in the States, there's one bird called a brown-headed cowbird. And sheesh, they are the worst. No joke, they make me frustrated. I guess they gotta do their thing to exist, but their thing is the actual worst. 
They're what's called a brood parasite. Basically, they're too lazy to raise their own babies. So they lay their eggs in another bird's nest and let them raise their young. They're known to exhibit a mafia-like behavior on birds that catch them in the act. In some cases, if a bird realizes what has happened and remove the cowbird's egg, the cowbird has been known to destroy the nest of the host. What a jerk. A lot of times their babies grow up and be bigger than the other birds in the nest, so they just beat them out for all the food, and all the babies die, and they're just left with a cowbird. Again, what a jerk. Anytime one of these birds lands on my feeder, I smack the window. <laughs> Some ecologist is listening to this and getting mad at me. I, I probably deserve it and probably shouldn't be doing that, but they are the worst. Honestly, has there been a creature that has more greatly impacted human life? Okay, maybe that's dramatic. Or is it? I mean, really think about it. Think of all the eggs and chicken we eat on a yearly basis. Wow, it's, it's a lot. I mean, humans invented a whole form of travel that without birds would never exist. My dad has always loved birds. He's loved all things nature, honestly, my whole life. Um, and some of it I just learned through osmosis, but most of it I've realized that I just plain love too. I'll never forget the moment that truly convinced me. I was 9,000 feet up in Colorado, landscaping at a young life camp called Crooked Creek Ranch. It was my day to water the dozens of mounds of petunias around camp when a hummingbird landed on a small tree branch two feet in front of my face. I froze. It was beautiful. I hate to say I had a moment with a bird, but I had a moment with a bird. I stuck my index finger out thinking, maybe it'll like to roost here. I put it right in front of the little dude and it didn't budge. I didn't scare it off. It didn't try to peck me to death with its little sword beak. Instead, it nuzzled my finger with its head, looked back at me and flew off. I had a moment with a bird. For me, there's another layer to this, a spiritual one. In the book of Matthew, Jesus talks about birds in such a comforting way. There are two places I land often. These two places are why I truly love birds. In Matthew 6, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And later in Matthew 10, he says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs on your head are all numbered, so don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Whenever I see a bird on my feeder outside, I try to think of these passages. Whenever I see a bird turning over leaves and pulling up worms, whenever I see a bird fly back to its nest and feed its babies, I try to think of these scriptures. They're birds, soulless, tiny creatures, and they have food. God doesn't let them go hungry. He provides for them. 
I think of how often he speaks of how valuable I am, how I was worth leaving 99 others to chase down, how I was worth staring into the distance and sprinting out to see when I came back, how I was worth a party when I was found, when I came home, how I was worth dying for. He didn't die for the birds, yet he still feeds them. How valuable must I be? Ephesians 2 doesn't say, but because of his great love for birds, God, who is rich in mercy, made birds alive with Christ, even when birds were dead in transgressions. It is by grace birds have been saved. It doesn't go on to say, and God raised birds up with Christ and seated birds with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to birds in Christ Jesus. It does not come close to saying, for birds are God's handiwork. No, it doesn't say any of that. No, it definitely, definitely doesn't say any of that. Birds are cool. Birds are pretty. Birds can do things. Birds are always fed by God. When a bird dies, God knows. But I, but we are so, so much more valuable. worth chasing down. Birds were not. We were worth killing the fattened calf. We were worth a party. We were made alive in Christ. While we were dead in our transgressions, we were saved. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We were raised up and seated with Christ in heavenly realms. We are shown the incomparable riches of his grace. We are God's handiwork. That is true of us. How much more valuable are we? I made a bold statement earlier when I said, has there been a creature that has more greatly impacted human life? I just didn't word it right. What I should have said is, there shouldn't be a creature that more greatly impacts human life. What would it be like if we thought of these scriptures more? What would we be like if every time we saw a bird, we thought of these scriptures? What if every time you heard a chirp or a note or saw a shadow blaze across the ground? What if every time one of those things happened, we remembered what Jesus said to do in those moments? Look at the birds of the air. Don't they have what they need? Every time one falls, God knows it. And aren't we worth so much more? We're worth so much more. Go, take a walk, sit on your deck, drive with the windows down and the radios off, and take note. Let your heart be filled with gratitude for these words. Make it a habit. I don't think any other creature would impact your life more.
first song today was Jesus, I Am Resting, Resting, a hymn by Jean Pigeot from 1876. Our second song was His Beloved by Nino Mischler. Thomas Cox, one of the pastors here at Christ Community Church of Oak Ridge, brought us a word from Matthew chapter 6, as well as heaps of the book of Ephesians. Our benediction was from 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Musical score was Willow by Kyle McAvoy with Ezzy, used by permission with musicbed.com. You're hearing this because of Ian Gerthard, a dude who's like the feeling when you ordered a killer meal from your favorite small town diner, and after waiting a while, boom, they call your number. Order up. And our intro and outro music was by the one and only Jed Brewer of Good Loud Media. If you have any feedback on an episode or just want to get in touch, feel free to write us anytime, watertowerpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at watertowerpod. Thanks for listening, and may the living water fill you up. Thank you.